All right, man. Are we live? And we are live, yes. I don't Episode know why say two. That. What'd you say? I said, I don't know why people say that because it's not actually live. We're not live, but we're live. You're not listening to it live. You're exactly. listening we to it after live, the fact. Who are we? We are the unnamed Medill 2020 Sports Podcast. Ooh, I like how that sounds. It's got a nice ring to it. We're unnamed. MSJs right here, and we're going to do a, a fun little exercise. Sources. Unnamed sources, potentially. We're, we'll take suggestions as we go along. Uh, today, we've got a fun little project assignment type situation going here thought experiment thought experiment there we go we're talking about the 2017 nba draft this is a draft that was one of the most influential in in past years for both good and bad reasons just a recap markel fultz unfortunately as a sixers fan went number one lonzo ball number two traded to the pelicans jason tatum josh jackson De'Aaron fox round out the top five there are a lot of interesting players guys uh, and of course yosef nasser joined by armand Tendravi, harry leal yes, sir um and um a lot a lot of interesting guys i'm wondering if we did a redraft who would go first now in my opinion that first group it has to include Donovan Mitchell. He's yeah, averaging big, the most points in the class. It's the big three everybody talks about, right? Donovan Mitchell, like you said, and then Tatum. Tatum. Fox. Fox. The, those are the big three, and I think my guy Armand would ha- add another person to that <laughs> equation. I think um, I would take those three, but I think Lowry has a chance to get in that mix. Um, I mean, he has Lowry to. Lowry Markinen? Yeah. He, Lowry I think Markinen. he has to. We'll see what he becomes this season. I think this is a make-or-break season for him in terms of is he just a really solid, solid role player or is he does he have some star potential? Um, if he can get into like a 22 and 10 a game, I think he can be right up there with any of those guys. 22 and 10, goddamn. I mean, we know that you have high hopes, Armand, for uh, Lowry. Huh? Let's talk about the we're – g- we're going to get into actually selecting these players one by one. Uh, I'll have the first pick, Armand, second, Harry, third. We'll go around the room, do a top – let's say the lottery, whatever. Um, but we're first, doing Snake? Uh, so, no, no Snake. This isn't fantasy. We can just, we can just go around. We're so not you, keeping these players. Okay, yeah. Um, but big picture, when you look at this draft first blush, what, what, what's your, your big – overarching takeaway for you Armand it seems like a lot of good players but they're all scattered about like it doesn't go one through 60 in terms of best player to worst you you can find value in this class uh, a lot of different places yeah like you said Joseph there's a lot of value in this draft I mean I'm looking down up and down the list I mean Kuzma at 27 uh, Jared Allen at 22 Terrence Ferguson's a solid role player at 21 Josh Hart at 30 in the second round you have um, let's see. You have Wes at one, do at thirty-three. Frank Mason. How about Thomas Bryant? I mean, he just re-upped with the Thomas Wizards. Bryant, nice contract. Dwayne Bacon. Um, Damian Dotson. Damian Dotson. <laughs> Dylan fan. Brooks. A lot of talent. Frank Nilakin. Oh wait, no, never mind. Yeah. Uh, we don't talk about him. Frankie smokes at eight. Uh, not so great. Frankie nicotine. I mean, don't give up on him yet. Mm. He's still on the team. He's still. I, I like what you said there, don't give up on him. So there are a lot of guys who've been very successful. We talked about the big three, and then maybe Lowry, Kyle Kuzma, um, John Collins sneaking into that mix. But I want to talk mm-hmm. about some of the guys who have flopped early on. I'm talking Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball to a certain extent, although I think he's been solid. Josh Jackson's been a disaster. Um, Frank Nilakina hasn't shown much. Dennis Smith, a little bit up and down. Um, which of those names or someone I haven't mentioned who didn't have that initial success in their first two years do you see bouncing back um, with either a new situation, new team, or maybe even with the same team? Well, I think like 
you sh- you, it's not even fair to Lonzo to say he needs to bounce back. True. He's a fine NBA player. I agree. Uh, he is he like the superstar that people thought he might be? Mm-hmm. Like they thought he'd be like a Jason Kidd type of mm-hmm. uh, point guard. Um, no, not yet. I mean, he's still young. He's what, like twenty-two? I think he's twenty or twenty-one. I think he turns twenty-one this. Is he year. that young? Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but yeah, still super young. He turns you twenty-two see- this year. Excuse me, October twenty-seventh, ninety-seven. Birthday, and we already so. see what he can do on defense. Yep. Like defensively, he's one, one of the of, best point guards. One of the best defensive, defensive point, point guards in the league. So, uh, and on offense, obviously, has great vision. Just needs to figure out a way to flesh out the holes in his offensive game. You know, but like the things that he does well, he does really well. Uh, so I don't really even. I just I tend to push back a little on the whole Lonzo is a bust thing. Like mm-hmm. Markel Fultz is a bust. I'm sorry. Unfortunately. I'm sorry, but we, it had so to be it had to be mentioned. Him. I mean, the like, it's funny because we've talked about this before. Fultz's entire like brand going into the draft was that he was a sure thing. Yep. He was a, he was the lock mm-hmm. to be like okay maybe he doesn't have the highest upside out of this group of players, but you know he's not going to flame out mm. and forget how to shoot a basketball mm. and not be able to raise his arms above like his eyes. But like <laughs> here we are, like. Twist the knife even more, Harry. It's devastating because you're absolutely right. That was the narrative surrounding him. A sure thing. Maybe not a James Harden level score, but maybe a a level down is kind of the way that I saw him. Yeah, I saw a lot of Brandon Roy comps. Brandon Roy, exactly. Both Washington Washington alums. So um, Happy birthday to Brandon Roy. Happy birthday to Brandon Roy. We miss you, man. He he was an absolute icon. Gone too soon. Um, how about you, uh, Armand? Who, who who are some guys who have struggled? Who you think might turn it around? Who surprised you? In You're terms not of... allowed to pick any bulls. Yeah, no bulls. Okay. Um, I I wouldn't say he has struggled, but I think a guy that has a lot of untapped potential is uh, <laughs> Jonathan Isaac. He, I mean, Orlando. He's surrounded by a bunch of veterans, uh, and he still will be with Fournier, Vucevic. DJ Augustine and Aaron Gordon all are older than him. And what happens is he kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Kind of uh, reminds me of a downgraded version of what the Spurs used to be with a veteran team surrounded by a young guy in Kawhi Leonard. When you're that young guy in the room, I mean, there are certain cases like Donovan Mitchell when they just are like, okay, you run the offense, like it's your show. But with Isaac, it's more like – Plays aren't really ran for him, it seems like. He just kind of plays within the flow of everybody else's game. But he has such a unique physical uh, skill set with his length and his size and his ability to handle the ball. Uh, his shooting has to improve. He was only a, let's see, a 32% three-point shooter, which is not too bad. I don't really like his form, but yeah. I think he has a lot of, uh, untapped potential. They just have a logjam there. They have too yeah, many guys that are the, tweeners. Like they have an Aaron really Gordon, bad situation for a Jonathan young player Isaac, like that yeah. to develop. Um, I mean, Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba what, can't what get any minutes. They just re- yeah. resigned Vucevic. Did they resign Kem Birch? Um, I think they might have. Yeah, Kem Birch was yeah, a, an under the radar. Um, yeah, they have way too agent. many like way six, many. eight, and above pe- people on their team. Well, I, I like the Mo Isaac Bamba in Chicago. Yeah, you'll take anyone in Chicago at this stage. I I like the Isaac take. He's not, to me, kind of like what Harry was saying about Lonzo. He hasn't established himself, but he's not, to me, like a bust. Not a bust, but 
Um, you know, he did struggle in the playoffs, 27% from the field, 20% from three, um, only, I think, six points a game, six rebounds. I, I think the key for him is defensively he can be absolutely dominant, being able to switch out on wings. Uh, I, I think for offensively, if he can develop that three-point shot, it will be a big-time factor for him. Let's let's go value. Who's the best value pick? Talk about late-round guys. We kind of touched on this, but – um, who, who's a guy who went outside the lottery who you're like, this team really killed it, this team got a steal? And I'll start you know, with myself as you guys kind of pour over the details of this draft. John Collins to me, th- this is a guy who almost 60% from the field, 56% for, from his career, um, a, a guy who can shoot the three. He showed that three-point touch last year. I, I just think he's a really awesome scorer, and that pairing with him and Trey Young for the Hawks, it, it really bodes well for him. Um, Jared Allen, to a lesser extent, I like, although his ceiling is a little bit capped as being um, kind of a, a defensive center. Who, who are some guys in terms of biggest steal who, who stand out to you? Um, I was uh, just going down the list, and I'm sh- I'm still shocked that Monty Morris went 51. Unbelievable. Because he's a plus athlete, too. Usually yeah. those guys get, you know, a little bit – they get a little too much gas, like, mm-hmm. coming out of college. But he's a plus athlete. He can shoot the three a little bit. He reminds me a little bit of, like, a more raw – like Shane Battier type, mm. uh, just like a, a glue guy who's going to defend across multiple positions, mm. big dude for his size, knows his role on a team. Yeah, and I mean, he, he started on a couple games for yeah. Denver in the playoffs, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I love the call with Monty Morris in terms of a guy you get in the 50s who, who's just it's a, crazy. A, an elite backup point guard, and he's one of the reasons the Nuggets are so deep and have Wait, had is so he, much. Wait, I thought Morris is the, who's the, who am I thinking of? Are you thinking of Tory Craig? Or are you thinking? Yeah. Of oh no, Beasley? I was thinking of Tory Craig. Yeah. No, Sorry. Morris mean, is the point guard. Yeah, Morris is a backup oh, point shit. guard. Uh, <laughs> He's he basically a good player, he basically rendered Isaiah Thomas irrelevant because people thought Isaiah Thomas was going to take that backup role. But yeah. Monty Morris from Iowa State, forty nine percent from the field, forty one from three, like you mentioned, uh, ten points, three yeah, assists, stroke it. a game. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a great call. How about you, Armand? Who, who do you got? I just want to. Before I say who I was thinking of, I'm just scrolling down the draft list and number 60 picked. His name is Alpha Kaba. Yep. <laughs> this Alpha guy Kaba. needs to, I don't know if he plays overseas or something, but he definitely needs to make an appearance in the NBA because we need an Alpha in the NBA. Maybe put him and Jimmy on the we same got LeBron. team see what happens. Yeah, LeBron. <laughs> LeBron's your Alpha. Fake Alpha. Fake Alpha. Uh, but the guy that I was looking at is a guy that he showed a little bit last year and I think if you watched, I don't know why anybody would torture themselves and watch Hornets games, but if you did watch Hornets games, Dwayne Bacon, um, for I would say the last 30-ish games of the season, really looked like their second best player, which is both a compliment to Bacon and a, a kind of a diss towards the Hornets and how dysfunctional they were. Uh, he, they put him at starting shooting guard. He ran the offense with Kemba. Their offense was a lot of just kind of stagnant isolation, uh, your turn, my turn. But Bacon, he could attack <clears throat> NBA defenders, and he could literally get to his spots and just score and facilitate. And, and he's a tough-minded guard who also had showed a little bit of defensive prowess. Uh, taking a look at his numbers, he, he, was a, he was a 44% shooter from the field, so... He's a little, or actually, no, he was a 44% shooter from three. He was a 48% shooter from the field. I have a lot of, um, this is a guy that I was How many attempts? Uh, let's see. Uh, he uh, shot Two a game, so low, relatively low volume. Low. But he didn't. Yeah, low volume. Um, this is a guy who I was hoping that when 
Kemba left the Hornets that I, I know I was told to not talk about the Bulls, but I was hoping that they would take Chris Dunn from us and give us Dwayne Bacon. I have a lot of high hopes for Bacon, and now that Kemba is gone, if he can steal the ball out of Terry Rozier's There's hands, no way, bro. Scary no Terry is a franchise <laughs> player, could, Yeah, Bacon could be a nice little player, especially if you play like Daily Fantasy or something. He could definitely be a nice guy. He's definitely going to get the minutes, that's for sure, on that depleted Charlotte Hornets roster, perhaps the most depressing in the league. Well, guys, we're about 12 minutes in. What do you say we get Let's into do actually breaking down this draft? Like I said, finally get the first pick. Uh, Armand second, Harry third. We'll keep on going around in the rotation. Hold up. When did we decide on this, huh? We said at the top of the show. We kind of establish a pecking order, so I'm sorry. And and just to be clear, we're not drafting for for teams, anything (laughs) like that. We're just drafting literally. It's a redraft. It's a redraft without the original team who they go to. It's just basically ranking the players in this draft. So I'll start. We talked about the big three. And this is a tough one for me because the three guys are Donovan Mitchell, um, Jason Tatum, and De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox had a really bad rookie season, but he showed out last season. And he looks like an up-and-coming star in this league. Uh, Jason Tatum, what he did in the playoffs his rookie year uh, against Cleveland, obviously. He boomed me, dog. He boomed you. I I don't know what you're referring to in terms of – him, oh, oh, he When LeBron okay. was like, he boomed me. He boomed, so okay. good. I, 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 I Have you ever been on Reddit before? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not an NBA Reddit guy ever since what? they dropped NBA streams. You know, I'm, uh, you know it's, it's uh, heartbreaking. But anyway, um, you know, I get the Tatum thing. Such a talented score. Maybe the most talented player in this class. But for me, you've got to go Donovan Mitchell just because you've seen his floor. I think he's only going to get better. Uh, you heard what Kyle Korver said to, about him, you know, during the playoffs. Just a guy who embodies leadership at such a young age. I, I'm going to go Donovan Mitchell number one here. Um, I, I think he's the best player in this class. Although Fox and Tatum, they've got their arguments to be made. I, I think Fox, he's got the intangibles. He's got the speed. I think his shot's going to continue to develop, and he really emerged as a leader for that upstart Kings team. I know Armand, you think the Kings are going to make the playoffs next year, so. Um, I turn the number two pick over to you. Mitchell's off the board. How do you slice up uh, Tatum and Fox? You already know where I'm going with this. De'Aaron Fox. Wow. I think he should have been the number one really pick. Really thought and he was going to say I, I, yeah, Well, you know, a little untapped potential there. But I love De'Aaron Fox. And this is coming from a guy who is literally – Donovan Mitchell is my guy. And it's really hard for me to slide him down the board. But when I watch De'Aaron Fox, his highlight tapes – what I see is a guy who is so raw in that in a half-court, slow-it-down offense. Um, when you look at his numbers, he is so incredibly good. This guy is six foot three, and I believe he finishes around the rim within three feet of the basket. He finishes at sixty, almost sixty-nine percent, which is unheard of for a point guard. Tony Parker shit. The problem is. He, from three to ten feet, he's at thirty-five percent. Uh, if he could just—the thing is, when he shoots a floater, it seems like the ball kind of comes out of his hand in in a funky manner. He doesn't really have control of his floater yet, but that's something that you can develop. Same thing with uh, teams. A lot of times when they were playing him scheme-wise, they were kind of sagging under the screen and forcing him into that elbow jumper. If he can just consistently hit that elbow jumper, make teams respect him in a half court, I mean, we all know what he can do when he gets out with a head of steam. It's, he's unstoppable. And in his second season, 17-7 and seven a game. 
I'm predicting 22-9 and nine this season. And he's only going to be 21. So. I don't think that's far-fetched at all. Quickly, before we get to Harry's pick, would you have taken him over Mitchell? Uh, yeah, I would have, and it, it would have been tough. It would have been a tough call, but I, I just I think Fox is just his intangibles and just everything about him. And the fact that Mitchell is kind of not quite a point guard and not quite a shooting guard, and it's like you want to put him at point guard, mm. but then he can't really run an offense. I would rather have the sure, like, Fox is your floor general mm. and is your leader. But I love Mitchell as well, so... Harry, how, I mean, you, you've got the three pick, Mitchell and Fox are off the board, but how would you rank those three before getting to your who you're going to take with uh, this uh, third overall pick? Fox, Mitchell, and I'm actually taking John Collins. John Collins, wow. Okay, so this is the first surprise. I talked a little bit about John Collins. Why Collins over Tatum? Um, I think he's a more consistent player, obviously. He's 18 and 9 every night. Um, I think he can, he, he can pretty much play either big position right now like credibly like he can shoot three uh he can protect the rim uh he rebounds the heck out of the ball he's already shown he has really really solid like pick and roll chemistry with his uh with trey young with his point guard and um i mean there's just no team that he can't play for i'm not saying tatum ceiling isn't higher i mean i, I also am just being a little bit of contrarian here because you guys are being boring with your chalk chalk picks you're so exciting here but uh you know so exciting i i don't think like even if I was just being straight up and not on the air, and just doing this for good radio, mm. I don't think that the the gap between talent level between someone like a John Collins and Tatum is that high. Mm. Especially when you consider like two way wise, like Tatum, in theory, could be a great defender. Mm. We just really haven't seen it much. Um, Armand, we we talked uh, last week about how Collins ranks among the Larry Markinens, the Kyle Kuzmas. Do you, what, what, what's your take on uh, Harry's selection of uh, John Collins at number three? When you get into the playoffs and it becomes a half-court offense and everything slows down, you need a guy that can get you a basket. And that's why I don't have Collins in the same category as a Tatum or as a Lowry. And Collins has the same problem as a lot of these other guys is that he is kind of, he struggles with guys that are bigger like an Embiid guarding them, but yet you kind of have to play him at the five. He's a little bit undersized. Uh, He's a freak athlete. He's solid shooter but I just I don't I think his ceiling is a really really good role player whereas guys like Tatum and Lowry I think have star potential so that's the difference I see needless to say I'm rushing to the board to take Jason Tatum I think it's a ridiculous pick by you Harry based on based on what he's shown and I know you're doing a little bit for you know some of that excitement factor um, that that uh, x factor wild card factor but um, Jason Tatum last season was disappointing disappointing uh, to say the least um you wonder after a season like last season how how good can this guy really be I mean, we, we know bill simmons put jason tatum number nine in his trade value column you know it seems like centuries ago because that's completely fallen off a cliff but the one-on-one scoring ability is what i like and it's just is he a rudy gay type player is he carmelo anthony or can he unlock some of that playmaking ability, some of that defensive ability, and be something more? I mean, Armand and I have talked about this. You look at the guys who are the superstars in this league, they bring that playmaking equity to where they average four or five assists, um, you know, passing off of double teams, setting up other players. That's the biggest key for me with Jason Tatum, and that's what would separate him um, from being you know, the third or fourth best player in this class to being the clear number one. Um, I'm not sure, you know, based on what he's shown, if he's going to actually do that. Um, but, you know, you have to take him here at four. 
So, uh, Armand, uh, any response to that? And if not, you go ahead and uh, take who you've got with the five pick. No, I mean, I, I agree with uh, mostly everything he said. With the number five pick, I think this is kind of blasphemous that he slid this far, but I got to go. I know I'm not allowed to talk. No, you can talk more. Go, just I got to go Lowry. I mean, watching him, the big thing with him is I. the only gripe I have with him is he is not, he doesn't have a quick first step. <clears throat> when he goes to the rim, it's usually trying to get a defender off of him as they kind of just, he has this move where he kind of floats in the air and waits for the defender to go by him, the shot blocker to go by, and then he kind of hangs in the air for an extra split second, and then he shoots over the defender. I don't know if that's a sustainable go-to move. They need to play him out of the out of the mid post a little bit more and work on his Dirk fadeaway because he does have that. I mean, he has a skill set to be an elite, elite scorer. And his rebounding is also something that when he rebounds the ball at the end of the year, especially when Boylan took over, he gets the ball off a rebound and he actually plays point guard. And I, I love it when he does that because he actually has a lot of capability at that. So he has a lot of untapped potential. And I know you guys don't watch a 22-win Bulls. But when they're 45 wins this season, you guys will understand <laughs> the value of Lowry. I mean, he, he's an elite shooter um, at any position. And I, I think down the line, he's, he's probably going to play some small ball five, a, a lot of small ball five. Um, uh, kind of like what you said with Collins, uh, seeing him, basically that being his primary role as a, as a five man. I think that's going to be the key. And it's just can he hold up at that spot? Um, you talk about you know his upside. I mean, it's legitimately Dirk Nowitzki if everything goes together. Um, at the same time, I mean, Dirk Nowitzki is an anomaly in and of itself. So I, I kind of see him more along the lines of a Kevin Love type player. Maybe not as um, good of a rebounder, but you know, three four inches taller. Um, I, I do like Larry Markkinen a lot. Kristaps um, Porzingis, another guy. Um, I think he can be third, maybe second best player on a championship team uh, if he maxes out. Uh, Harry, you're up. Um, the guys that are left on the board, we're about to hit a teardrop here. Kyle Kuzma is the leading scorer in this class who's left on the board. Lonzo Ball, I know you're a big fan of Oh, yeah, of him. Lonzo. You're taking Lonzo. Yep. And I don't mind the pick, honestly. I think what he does defensively, he's an absolute game changer. 6'6 six, six and still growing. If he can develop that shot, I mean, he, he can – approach that superstar potential and what I liked about what you said about him is people because he doesn't have the flashy numbers like people say oh he's a bust but you know 10 6 and 6 um, elite defensive player the biggest key for him is can he stay healthy Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah he's a good player like Lonzo okay so if you've got nothing more to say on that regard uh, with Lonzo I'm gonna go Kuzma Um, you can argue he's a top five pick um, but I, I think Kuzma, he's a guy who's always he's constantly in the gym getting better. Um, unclear if he's a three or a four. I think he's more of a four. Um, the shooting has been kind of mediocre from the three-point line. But uh, a proven scorer, and I think he's only going to get better. I think he's the last guy in this tier. Um, so Kuzma is the number seven pick for me. Who you got, Armand? Uh, this is where the draft kind of hits. Do I want to go upside or mm-hmm. do I want to go what I think is a proven commodity and I see guys like Jonathan Isaac on the board and all these guys this could be blasphemous but I would rather have the sure thing and I think the sure thing is Luke Kennard oh my god Luke Kennard oh my you guys you guys did not watch the Pistons this year yeah he did Luke Kennard he's good but he's a legitimate he's a 
legitimate six man off the bench for any NBA over team. Bam. Oh, oh, I you can make an argument for Isaac, but over Bam for sure over Bam. I don't know what Bam does on the basketball floor. Um, uh, that's a bigger shocker than John Collins at three. Yeah, I, gotta I mean, say. I, I like I. I mean, let's let's look at his numbers. Luke Kennard, forty percent three point shooter. He only averaged ten a game, but if you watch the Pistons this year, they run. So many sets for him. Did Tony make so you say many. this? No, I, I'm a big I know he said he couldn't guy. be here. Maybe this is the, your way of representing <clears throat> him. He's here in spirit for you. Yeah, I mean, you guys can say what you want, but as Luke Kennard goes on and develops more offensively, he's going to be a focal point of that Pistons offense. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he if you watch their games, he was their number two guy. They ran plays for Blake primarily, and then... Reggie kind of runs his own plays, and then Luke is Luke is the guy that they run in that Reddick role, just running him around and shooting, and he all he can even be a little bit of a playmaker. So I would rather take that because I know what he is rather than something that somebody that might be good but might not be. Respectfully disagree. Um, I mean, he 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 had some really nice moments last season, but he had some moments where he was like on the fringes of the rotation. Guys like Langston Galloway, Stanley Johnson playing the two, um, Reggie Bullock before they got him, uh, Wayne Ellington. Um, we'll see. I, I would have liked to see a little bit more upside. I would have liked to see Jonathan Isaac, but I, I do understand where you're coming from as a guy who has maybe a JJ Redick type upside running off screens with some playmaking ability. So. Um, that, that's a uh, you know a little bit of a surprise pick there, but I understand your rationale at least. Who you got, Harry, at number nine? Um, Frankie who's, Smokes. Who's still on the board? DSJ. Um, how can you not go with your boy Dennis Smith Jr.? It's not deserving. Give me uh, give me Zach Collins. Oh I'd my love God! It. All right, I wouldn't say you love are, it. You are. I wouldn't say love it. I, that's disowned from Knicks fandom. You just gave up on both of your guys. Zach Collins could uh, start for a playoff team. <clears throat> I don't. What do you like about Zach Collins? He can shoot. He's uh he's already one of the best shot blockers in the league, probably top, probably top five shot blocker. Depending on if Kristaps Porzingis is healthy, uh, also good riddance. Enjoy Dallas. Um, but yeah, man, I think he's got a he's got a high basketball IQ. He just needs to stop fouling so much. Sort of like Portland's Mitchell Robinson, mm. you know, lob threat. Except he can shoot. Like, he can actually if, – if his three-point shot, which he showed in the playoffs, is yeah. legit. And, like, that is – that I think that's why I have him here, just because, like, that's, like, the biggest test for a young player is, mm-hmm. like, can you not only, like Armand said, with, like, slow your pay, your game down to adjust to the playoffs, which are almost like a different – it's almost like a different league at this point, you know, with the style and pace that it's played at. But also the pressure for a young player, I think they feel it a lot. And, uh, yeah, Collins looked ready. He looked, you know – in my opinion, he should. I don't. I don't even know why they have Whiteside. Like he should absolutely be the guy there. Um, Zach Collins. I mean, in terms of a guy who can be a stretch five, shot blocking. Um, I, I, he, he's a good player and he's got an edge to him. So you know, a, a solid pick there. Um, I'm, at, I'm at the board at ten here, uh, guys. Just so you know who I'm considering. Uh, Jonathan Isaac's in that conversation. Uh, you look at a guy like Jared Allen. Um, these are still really good players, although lower upside. The guy I'm going to go with, though, is Derek White. He really showed me something wow. in the playoffs. Um, 
um, really good defensive guard, uh, emerging offensive game. He's an older prospect, so maybe the upside isn't as high, but I I was really impressed with what I saw out of him. I I think he can defend uh, both backcourt positions and maybe some smaller threes. Didn't he have Um, like four points after that 36-point game? He did, yes. The consistency, game-to-game consistency is a factor, but I I like what the Spurs are doing with that Murray, Derek White backcourt. That's that's a stifling backcourt right there. We've talked about Lonnie Walker on last week's podcast. Um, you know, I, I really like Derek White. I, I just think he's a versatile guard. At the very least, you're getting a really nice backup point guard, um, you know, a third guard. And in the playoffs, uh, he, he showed that he can do a little bit more than that. Um, Derek White is the guy for me. 15 points, uh, three assists, see- three re- rebounds in the playoffs. Only 29% from three, but he's shown the ability to shoot that uh, three-point shot. You do seem like a Derek White kind of person. Definitely. Right? Okay. Yeah. I'm not even going to comment on that. Um. So you're so, at number 11, Armand. Who yeah, I mean, you can't keep passing up on Jonathan yeah, Isaac uh, at this, this point. Yeah, at this point, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we talked about him earlier. He's His his stats actually kind of shock me when I look at it because it seems like he's more than, you know, 10 points and 5 rebounds a game. But he is still – he is in that kind of Brandon Ingram category yeah. where he's just like such Very a fun. freakishly long – uh, athlete that needs to develop into his adult body and those guys a lot of times and I'm not comparing him to Giannis but with a guy like Giannis all of a sudden it just it almost overnight it seems like okay this guy's now an adult and you put him at point guard all of a sudden and he's just a freak so those guys kind of tend to go slow in their ascension and then when they hit it it's just like okay he's here like he has arrived mm. so Isaac it this year will probably be very telling on whether or not he will ever arrive at that kind of star level. I do think he has star upside, um, more as like a defensive type of star, maybe like an Iguodala. I do, I do think he kind of plays similar to Brandon Ingram as well. But, um, but I, I mean, I don't know if he'll get there. But at at eleven, I gotta take the upside. I, I like the floor. At the very least, you're getting a guy who can. Uh, jump in, uh, switch pick and rolls. Um, do you see him? I've got two questions for you. So who's a comp? You said Brandon Ingham. Who, who are some other comps either of you guys have for him? And do you see him long-term? We talked about the log jam and the magic front court. Do you see him as a four or a five man, Jonathan Isaac? I see him as four, three, or one. Mm. Definitely not a five. I mean, small ball five, sure. But Charks, not like- when he came out of that draft, he, Charks wrote a piece, Jonathan Charks at the Ringer wrote a piece uh, saying that Jonathan Isaac, players like him are the future of the five position, which is yeah. the reason that I ask. Um, but, you know, he does have that versatility, as you mentioned. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, maybe like a maybe like a Siakam. Siakam. So yeah, I think Siakam's a good comparison. And even if he doesn't hit that, if he's an Al Farouk Amino-level player or um, a Marvin Williams-level player, if he can develop the three-point shot, as long as you're not paying him $20 million a year. Oh, he'll be better than Marvin Williams. Yeah, no, I mean, Marvin Williams, you know, thought to be a bust. I mean, taking over fine. Chris Paul and Darren Williams. Solid role player, really yeah, played, established like, himself. Years. Exactly, played 14 years. Um, so, you know, I, I'm just saying that level of player, and like you said, he's got higher upside than that. Who you got at 12 here? Um, at this point... Yeah, I'll, I'll take Bam, but I, I, want, I don't really care about because Bam is a boring player to talk about. But I want to say that if Harry Giles was healthy, I would mm. I would have taken him like three picks ago. What, what, what did you think about uh, his Giles uh, rick, rick, rookie season? You know him and Bagley. That I think his his passing. He's already one of the best passing bigs in the league. Mm. Like he's he's not like a Jokic level dude, but like as no far as where he can, as far as where uh, what he can do from like that high elbow right there. Um, 
Yeah, he's pretty insane. His vision's really good. He's got a high motor, and he's really fast for a big man. He's he's just a little light in the ass, <laughs> like to play the five. But I love that light in the ass. You like that phrase. Yeah, that was great. But if he can that. if he can start to uh, extend his range a little bit, I don't see it being as big of a problem. You know, I think that he's a uh, he is sort of like a prototype for like an uber modern big. You know. I mean, he was an absolute freak show in high school, and it's a shame. Dude, that's what Tatum injured. said on a Simmons podcast when he was like, Simmons asked him, he was like, "Hey, man, who was that? Who was one guy in, in high school that would bust your ass?" And I remember he that. was like, "Oh, dude, Harry Giles, no question." He I mean, just, he got comp to Chris Webber, and you talk about the passing. That's yeah, no, where, he reminds me a lot of him. What, what I, I my concern for him, I, I mean, health, health obviously, but also uh, if he's the five, can he rebound at a high rate, high enough rate to get you by? And then the shooting, I think that unlocks another level of his game. Um, so you took Bam out of bio, but um, I want to take you want to take Harry Giles, uh, the guy I'm going here with at uh, 13, um, a, a guy you know, like I said, we're at the stage where we're getting basically role players now, but high level role players, very respectable um, professionals. I'm gonna go ahead and take um, it's between Bam out of bio. I mean, you took Bam Adebayo. So it's between Jared Allen and Bam Adebayo. I thought you were going to take Giles. Um, I'm going to go Jared Allen over Giles. Jared Allen, I've got concerns. The guy played in Summer League. He's, you know, basically going into his third year. It's un- it's rare to see a third-year player play Summer League. Um, played Summer League for the Nets. Kind of disappeared in the first-round series against the 76ers. But what he's shown as a, um, as a shot blocker, I think there's value having a guy like that who can and play a rim 20 runner. and a rim runner. Uh, a guy like that who can play 20, 25 minutes a game, starting center caliber player. So I'm going to go ahead and get Jared Allen. I'll close this out. Uh, Armand, you've got 14, and we'll give Harry um, a 15th pick. Uh, That's it, right? We're just doing a lotto? Just uh, lotto plus one, so we can get you involved. So Nobody's taking Kuzma, huh? No, oh, Kuzma's Kuzma, gone. I took him at oh, seven. Oh, you took him at seven. Oh, uh, I, I can reread seven. the draft order. So I took Mitchell, Armand took Fox, Harry took Collins, uh, Jason Tatum, Markinen, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Luke Kennard, Zach Collins, Derek White, <laughs> Jonathan Isaac, Bam Adebayo, Jared Allen. So, well, then let's get crazy then. Fuck it. Let's go Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz. Okay. I don't hate it. So, I mean, at this stage, a guy with upside, we have no idea what, what the status of his shot. Why is it worth it for you to take Fultz here? Same thing with the Isaac thing. It's just upside, pure upside. I mean, I could go what, like – Dennis Smith, Malik Monk. Um, yeah, I mean, Harry Giles. I would rather just go with the guy that was taken number one mm-hmm. that has some either physical ailment that's holding him back or a mental block that's holding him back and just hope that he becomes what we thought he was when, when he was taken number one. Are we sure he's not going to be a, a useful NBA player for somebody one day? Even if he can't shoot? Yeah. Because okay, so when he when he came back for Philly, uh, and he played like five minutes a game, they mm-hmm. just brought him in there to get the crowd going and shit, you know. Like he would he would, he's still aggressive going downhill. He's still somebody that can get by his man like pretty easily. Like his first step, like I mean, he's not an A plus athlete, but his first step is insane. Mm-hmm. He's super long. He's he's he can jump. He he looks strong for his position. Like I'm not sure that he can't just be like, you know, insert like wrecking ball style point guard that just comes in for like 10 minutes a game mm. and just energizes the second unit. I'm not sure you can't do that. I mean, I remember uh, Bill Simmons, he had in recent podcasts, Zach Lowe and uh, 
Kevin O'Connor and uh, Kevin I'm not Bummer. Sh- I'm, not, I'm not sure. One of them said, uh, sorry, I can't remember, but either Zach Lowe or Kevin O'Connor said, if Fultz can, if he doesn't develop the shot, but he still develops, uh, you know, basically kind of that Sean Livingston type role. Uh, yeah. A guy yeah. who's not a shooter, but who can take guys in the post, unlock his playmaking a little bit. If he can adjust to that role, my question with that is, you know, the issues are always going to be there at the free throw line. And that's so big in the NBA, you can't really play, um, you know, more than 15 minutes a game if you're a liability shooting. It cramps your spacing. And Sean Livingston, I mean, when he thrived, I mean, he, he basically he recently got released from uh, the Warriors. But the, as the game continues to evolve, I, I think it's going to be harder and harder to play these guards who can't shoot. But I do think it's worth a, a flyer here. Um, at 14, I mean, Harry, you mentioned that this was such a clean prospect coming out of college. And it's, it's ironic that you know, he's flopped as miserably as we've seen any number It's not just game. ironic, it is unprecedented. unprecedented. This has never happened in the history of the league. What, Anthony Bennett didn't get you going? <laughs> it's different, though, because Bennett was kind of, I mean, you remember. The no, no, he's joking, he's joking. Boy. Um, Bennett, <laughs> my boy. <laughs> uh, all right, man, you want, you want me to wrap up? Wrap it up, yep. All right, I got I mean, I got to take the hometown kid, Dennis Smith Jr. Okay, DSJ. Um, I would take him higher if he could shoot. God dang, I mean, yeah, like you talk about someone who can get by his man. Mm. Who's staying in front of Dennis Smith Jr. one on one? The guy's got the craziest first step of like, <laughs> I mean, he's one of the best first steps I, I see in the league right now. It's just he just can't shoot, and is he's not a high IQ player, he's not a high IQ uh, playmaker, but he's big for his position. I mean, if he is a point guard, I, I don't know about that. I think he's mm. more like a combo Mm-mm. combo dude off the bench. But I definitely think that like, yeah, if we're talking about ceilings, NBA ceilings, I don't see any reason why he can't just be like this microwave dude. Mm off the bench, like a streaky, uber-athletic, slashing, like almost like a uh, like an extremely, like a Salvation Army Kevin Johnson, mm. you know? Just some guy who's going to wreck around the rim and stuff. DSJ has been mostly awful in the NFL, or NBA, rather. Um, I, he's one of those guys, he's kind of the embodiment of the AAU, you know, YouTube mixtape point guard where, like, it looks good in the highlights, but, you know, you watch him play, the decision-making, as you mentioned, I mean, he's still very young, so he, Dude, he's he might like, be able yeah, to, he's like twenty. He he might be able to turn it around. We talk about situation with some of those guys. That's an absolute clusterfuck in New York. Um, I mean, hope, I hope for you, for your sake as a Knicks fan, for your your sanity, that he he's able to develop into something. Oh, he'll start the whole year. Mm. You look at their their uh, guard rotation. It's Alfred Payton, Frankie and, Smokes, um, Frankie Frank Nelikina. So. Frank Nelikina. Yep. I mean, if he loses the job, his NBA career, I'll tell you right now, is over. Like this is this is the year that he should, he should in theory make a leap. How big of a leap that is? That's going to kind of, like, dictate the rest of his NBA career. It's mm. going to dictate whether he eventually ends up getting something, you know, like a five-year contract. He's, he's never going to be a max player. But if he flames out this year, it's over. Mm. I promise you. I mean, over. Bobby Portis did just say the Knicks are going to be a playoff team. So he did. Yikes. Maybe he knows something that we don't know. Dennis Smith, little most improved player of the year. I mean, he's been focused on his shot, man. He's, yeah. He said he's retooled it from the ground up. If he can shoot, he's a good player. That's the, that's the key so many players is yeah, that shooting shoot. ability. We're going to go over the draft uh, one more time. So Donovan Mitchell, number one. De'Aaron Fox, number two. John Collins, number three. Jason Tatum, number four. Larry Markin, number five. Number six is Lonzo Ball. Kyle Kuzma, number seven. 
Armand takes Luke Kennard at number eight. Zach Collins, number nine. Derek White, Jonathan Isaac, Bam Adebayo, Jarrett Allen, Markel Fultz, and DSJ Dennis Smith Jr. rounding out that top 15. Before we close, guys, I want to get some quick hitters on some things that have happened in in recent times around the NBA. I'm going to start, Harry. Um, Zion Williamson signs the uh, shoe deal with uh, Jordan Brand. Uh, What do you think about that? I think everyone thought he'd go to Nike. Um, I mean, I I assume every young player now is going to go to, like, Puma. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. I was, yeah, surprised. The entire 2018 draft class went to Puma. I was really surprised. Um, I think that Jordan Brand is still... I mean, you talk about like streetwear, which is becoming more and more important to NBA players. Like that is the style now. Like Jordan, Jordan Brand is still like the king of that. Like, like everybody still wears J's. There's people who don't play basketball, like are huge Jordan fans. But I, you know, I thought it's one thing that'd, be, that'd play a factor into like them signing new guys is uh, what happened with Kemba this summer. Because <laughs> Jordan, he literally lowballed his own branded athlete. Crazy. So. I don't know. I thought maybe that would have a some kind of impact. You know, agents they they whisper that kind of stuff to their uh, their clients all the time. But it obviously didn't. Congrats to Zion. Mm. Um, they better make some shoes that don't explode. You know, maybe that's why he didn't sign with Nike. Yeah. So Nick DePaula, he's the ESPN's uh, sneakerhead. Mm-hmm. Um, so quotes Zion as saying, "I feel extremely ba- or incredibly blessed to be a part of the Jordan Brand family. Since I was a kid, I dreamed of making it to the league and having the type of impact on the game." Michael Jordan had and continues to have today he was one of those special athletes i looked up to so certainly understand why he would opt to go with jordan brand i thought i figured it was a foregone conclusion he'd go to nike uh armand let's go to you so uh, bleacher report put out a video of trey young um basically practicing shots uh off of bad passes i know you're the shot doctor you're the expert <laughs> on these matters um do you think this is a, a good sound strategy? And we know you love Trey Young too, so give us your thoughts on that. I could have sworn I don't know if I saw the video you're referencing. And <clears throat> there was a video that came out just the same exact video last year. I don't know if it was the same one or just like they reshot it. But I mean, when you play basketball, you're gonna get passes that are not, you know, in your sweet spot every time. I mean, if a guy throws a pass high, it's important to be able to be. Um, pl- what's the word? Pliable, pliable, and kind of be able to nice. move your body in ways to shoot in any given situation. So I, I think it's an important skill to have, especially when you're going to be shooting 25 times a game. Not saying that as a knock on Trey. I love mm. Trey, but uh, I thought it was more interesting, kind of how he just pulled up to the Drew League last week and just just shat on everyone. Mm. I, I mean, know Frank Nitty though, man. Frank Nitty, who who ended Denzel Valentine's career last year, had his Drew League career ended by Trey Young. So he had a pretty good game, of, didn't he? Nitty? I did not see his. I just saw Trey just raining, just Trey bombs on him. And I the think thing Nitty with had Nitty is Nitty's like Oh yeah. And from the highlights I saw, it didn't look like he was talking any shit. So that was kind of interesting to me. We're gonna close so. this show with a segment we do every show, and uh, the two shows that we've done. It's called <laughs> Bulls Talk. And Armand, so you get to riff on whatever thing Bulls. Wait, really? Talk about. This is a thing. This is a thing. Is a Wait, thing. what the As, hell? I, I, we don't you let them talk about production. the Bulls during is it the show. Always, is it always going to be talking you, to the mic? You decided to go grab lunch during the production all, meeting when we decided. Is it always going to gonna have be Bulls the Bulls bull, bull stuff? Maybe, maybe <clears> we'll listen, give you some Knicks talk. Why? Knicks can win thirty games. We can have some Knicks. Bro, why are you talking about? The Bulls, like there's their. I'm I'm muting Harry's mic. We need to have. I'm I'm muting Harry's mic. So so, Bulls talk. uh,
Um, You're back, Eric. Well, there's nothing really to say, but I thought uh, an interesting thing was our boy Thaddeus Young, who's now talk you on know, the mic. One of one of our best players is uh, has been invited to participate on Team USA. So, <laughs> I mean, I think that you know it's a great sign for our team to get someone on the on the national scale. You know, and Lowry's. I think I don't know if Team Finland's in there, but you know, we got a couple guys that can actually play for their national team so it's a great feeling i think felicio is still on team brazil Jesus. so there you go felicio that's, still that's making like eight nine million dollars a year um thanks for keeping it short that shit was so boring he, 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 here's the yearbook quote of the year uh bulls there's nothing really to say it's your 2019 2020 bulls guys thank you for six listening seed. six seed six seed in your dreams so guys thank you for listening to our medill Unnamed 2020 uh, podcast. Uh, Yosef Nasser, Armand Tandravi, Harry Leo. We are out. Peace. Peace.